we're back. Are we back? We're we're back. Hey, everybody's listening. Welcome back to another podcast episode of. I shouldn't really need to say the medium. They all know they're listening to a podcast. That's true, but who knows? Maybe someone forgot. All right. Well, welcome back to another Perd Curster episode. This is not the radio. This no. is a podcast. This is not. Yep, I'm Jonathan <laughs> Capuano with Lara Capuano. Hi. And we're here. We are officially here on the premises. Yeah. Ready to bang out another episode. Let's do this. Let's do it. How are you doing? How was your week? Man, the week was good. Um, I don't know. Nothing crazy to report. All right. How about you? Cool. Um... Also, nothing crazy to report. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this has been such a great opening. Really? But here's a cool thing. Hit me with the cool thing. This is our 50th episode. Is it? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Do you have a jingle ready to hit? No, but... Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Where did all these people come from? I'm really, truly wow. honored. Oh, it's a thank you. Hey, I'd like to get, take thank a minute you. and thank God. Oh my goodness! First and foremost. Wow! Thank you, everyone. <laughs> oh, the, oh, oh, again! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh that's the standing. Kind. Oh, whoa! That was that's fun. That's, that's too generous. I know you didn't have to. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Okay, that. But really, <laughs> this was. Yeah, so we made it. What a little treat you had prepared there with the applause. Well, I asked all these people to come. and That was um, really nice. Yeah, we're doing this live in the studio. studio audience. Studio audience, and thank you everyone for coming. Yeah, Um, really, truly. Yeah. I was confused, because usually it's just you and I, but then there were all of these droves of fans, if you will. Droves. Yeah. And then all the cheering. Oh my gosh, so generous. We hired a parking team. We have concessions. Right. To surprise ourselves. Right. Really. <laughs> yeah. Literally no one else benefited from that. Yeah. So But it was worth it. So anyways, thank you. Anyways, welcome to the fiftieth episode, everybody. Wow, that's a big deal. It's cool, right? It is. I feel like we've covered almost nothing. <laughs> that's good because we got so much left yeah, to talk about. Lots still to talk about. Yeah. Okay, well, um, very good. Yeah. Uh, I want to know, um, so last week we talked about radical authenticity. Yes, we did. And then we, so this week we're going to talk about ran- radical vulnerability, mm. which is, I feel like the two are super connected because I don't think you can have one without the other. That's true. So what do you feel like is the difference? What do you feel like is... The connection. Right. Well, I think to, I mean, the, do you have to be vulnerable to be authentic? Yes. Okay. I think so. Do you have to be authentic to be vulnerable? But I think so. So I think where it gets a little difficult is sometimes where. If you're being vulnerable you be but lying. <laughs> over, can you be overly vulnerable? Um, can you actually. So, like, if you're trying to be somebody else, if you're um, sometimes when you're authentic, like, okay, you can tell when someone's being authentic versus mm-hmm. disingenuous. Yeah, just versus disingenuous. And so, I think vul- vulnerability is one thing that, as you start to get to know your true self, you become more and more comfortable with being vulnerable. 
sure. Because people are like, oh, this is who this person is. And naturally it's like, I want to get to know you mm-hmm. more. And the more you're vulnerable, the more I feel like you can become more authentic in who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're being truly vulnerable to yourself. I think we do live in, we can talk about this more later, but an era where in the social media age, vulnerability is like almost a, there's there's a point where it gets to be a little too much. Like shock value? Yeah, shock value. If you're like trying to, um, if you're trying to sell something or if you're just trying to get like affirmation by mm-hmm. being vulnerable, it's almost like some some of it's like, okay, you usually just post pictures of your salad. Right. And now here's this super vulnerable post. Or it's on the side of like everything you share is like to the max vulnerability. And and it's the balance of the two of like what are you, what are you trying to be vulnerable for right. on social media or, in, or just in person to person? I feel like almost what you're describing is less true vulnerability and more inappropriate oversharing. Sure, where it seems selfish. Right. It's for the person. It's not to share. Like, I think what I, with your account, say just your social media, I feel like you do a great job in talking about social justice issues, sharing about your family, mm. having these good write-ups of like, you can read through your post and be like, wow, that was like sincere and heartfelt. And it's actually, I know you like blogging and, and it probably does something for you. Like all, your social media is like the new blog, right? Right. Like a micro blog. Yeah. So, but I feel like it's it's not just for you. There's also hopes that people like... Well, that it connects and that yeah, it that helps someone connect, else. Right. It changes mindsets. It Challenges. actually, people take action because mm-hmm. of what you post. Um Whereas it doesn't feel self-indulgent. Where I feel like there's self-indulgence and there's vulnerability. Sometimes people I feel like mix the two of, I'm going to be vulnerable because it makes me feel this way. Yeah. Or really it feels like... I'm looking for something else. Yeah. 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 So I I feel like um, I've learned a lot about oversharing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, because, you know, there's there's writing for... Like public writing is very different than private writing. Sure. And agenda kills art. Like that is one thing I've learned yes. is like if you have an agenda, like this is why I think, okay, if you're a Christian, like buckle up your buns because this Buckle might, the buns. Buckle that, up that them buns. Rear seatbelt you see in the car, buckle <laughs> that buckle up. Buckle that yeah, right around the one you the always bun. sit on. <laughs> yep. Well, because this is offensive for people, but I think a lot of Christian music and a lot of Christian movies are terrible. Mm. And it's because these are really creative people that have access to the creator of the universe. But instead of just doing that with authenticity and vulnerability... They're trying to drive home a specific message. I know Hmm. from personal experience, when I was like publishing my little, my ebook, I rewrote that like three days before my deadline. Wow. How come? The entire thing. Um, Because I had very specific people in the back of my mind 
who would be very disappointed if I didn't say certain things in a certain way and it had to be very kind of like, Hmm. I don't know, fundamentalist or something, like pretty rigid and conservative. And I just was like, I wanted wanted to call King David a dirtbag because he was a dirtbag in the Bible. It says in the Bible he was a dirtbag. <laughs> I think it was Psalm. I think is yeah. It's like as a dirtbag, Lord, I cry out. No, but I mean, yeah, the dirtbaggery was very well established yeah. and clear, and yet he was considered a man after God's own heart. Right? Why do we have to make? Why do we have to treat David with awe and reverence? Why can't we say he was a dirtbag, yet God redeemed him and his life and used him anyway? There could be both. Yes. Yes. But I felt like I had to be really well behaved and I had to mm. use certain language and I hated what I was producing. And I literally like three days before it was done, supposed to be submitted, I, to the like editor and the designer, I went for a walk and I was like, God, I don't want it. Take it. Like I don't want I don't want this. If if the call on my life is to be like a well-behaved Christian, I don't want it. Like take right. it away from me. It seems so fake. It was so it, canned yeah. and manufactured. Yeah, fake. I hated it. And I remember like I'm not a big God told me person. Like I don't he's never spoken to me audibly. I don't say that. Sure. But I was on this walk and I remember literally just looking up at the trees. It was around dusk, which is like such a beautiful time mm-hmm. of the evening. I remember looking up and into the leaves against the sky in this beautiful contrast. And I just was like praying. And I remember God being like, you know, (laughs) I know what I'm getting when I involve you in a project. (laughs) That was literally what came to like, I felt like God just said to my heart, like, yeah, I don't expect well-behaved. <laughs> when I involve sure. you, yeah. I have well-behaved like someone's fundamentalist shaking the writers. Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have her. I, I have a girl like that who's writing this. I have women who are going to say all the right things. I don't need polished. Sure. I want you to show up and just say dirtbag. <laughs> and right. I was like, really? And I that's when I first realized that God is so much easier to please than all of that's these great. people. And it was in that moment that I kind of was like, okay, this is like, I know I'm writing like a 31 day guide to like God's greater kindness through loss and trauma. But also in a way, it's sort of like my middle finger to like fundamentalism. <laughs> and sure. like, I know that sounds terrible, but I was kind of like, no, I'm all done trying to fit. Yeah. And so I just wrote it and I stand by it. Like, I don't know. I actually haven't read it in a long time. Maybe I don't stand by it, but I felt like it was me. I felt Mm. like it was honest, but agenda kills art. My agenda was trying to please all these people and be well-behaved. It killed it. Yeah. It's like, are you trying to please people or please God? And with the whole like Christian art thing, it's weird that it feels like, okay, I need to please people for what they think I should be singing about God. Mm-hmm. And really it feels almost dishonoring to God that you would put out this piece of crap song. No, not almost. And, it is very dishonoring. And and it's like, this could have been so great if you actually spoke some honesty in your words and in the music rather than saying it needs to sound like this because this is what like 
Christian music sounds like. It needs to say these things because this is what Christian music says. Mm -hmm. And which I feel like why David was such a good writer is because he was screwed up and was honest. Yes. And there was both grace and there was there was also this nasty part of him. Right. And I think those he used that part of his nasty self to be like, but I can I can still honor God. Yes. I actually can still I can be both. I'm not saying to be both a dirt bag and honor God. Yeah, We're but all also dirt bags, be. Yes. Yeah. Right? You are gonna be. So good luck not being a dirt bag yeah. and useful. Right. I think if you ever say, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I can I can <laughs> honor God because all my stuff's gone. Like, I've arrived. I, right. We never actually arrived. So in the middle of all that, make better art. Yeah. You know? That- well, yes, to your point, when you're saying like, I, I've like gone through like a Christian bookstore now and again, man, and I see like magnets that are like, God, Jesus. And I'm like, first of all, this was a milk campaign in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. So get a grip, first of all. I'm like, no. Yeah, don't use God. Don't use God. <laughs> Gosh, it's offensive. Yeah. You, like, I feel like God is the creator of the universe. Like, I'm emphasizing the word creator right. because he has created all of it. Yeah. Including milk. And <laughs> and he had it. Yeah. So when somebody clever was like, Wait, okay, God had milk? Well, he created it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you say God milk, he's like, God's like, yeah. Yeah, God I milk. I got, I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Land of milk and honey. I got milk. Right. Bruh. Made milk. Made created milk from scratch. (laughs) (laughs) Losers. Yeah. But so to me, that's like, that's pretty clever. In the 90s, some guy was like, the dairy industry struggling. Let's push milk hard. Great campaign. From a marketing standpoint, it was brilliant. It It was simple. Sold milk. It was simple. It sold milk. I remember I had a friend who had every single Got Milk camp like art, uh, advertisement yeah. printed out or like pulled out of a magazine and plastered all over a wall. If you don't believe us, one of my fate and I still make people watch it because it's such a great commercial, the Got Milk one with the Aaron Burr, um, what is his name? Buscemi? Steve Buscemi. That's the first thing I ever <laughs> saw him in was a Got Milk commercial. He looks so young when you watch it. Okay. And it looks like it's... It's made in 1991. Mm-hmm. It is such a good commercial. Still, I gotta that's see That's good it. marketing where it still holds up. It but holds up. Yeah, it made me want milk. Yeah, great. That's yeah. a great campaign. Right. What's not great is having access to the creator of all things and then ripping off somebody else's idea. Yeah. Somebody else's milk campaign and being like, God, Jesus. It's like, no, you lost the privilege of me having Jesus because of your stupid campaign. Yeah. That you stole. Like, and I now I also that. hate milk. And now I won't drink milk, and I hate Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he's a good actor, though. Okay, I don't even know who he is. I just went You recognize him. All right, I'll Google. Yeah, Google. Hit him up on the Googs. So anyways, we got way off, but the point no. is I feel like there's a difference between what you're talking about, which is self-indulgent over oversharing with an agenda mm-hmm. versus radical vulnerability. Yeah. And so it's similar to last week when we were talking about just showing up and being your true self. 
vulnerability, radical vulnerability is when it actually requires, I think people view it as a weakness Mm. a lot of times. Yeah. But when you show up and you lead with an honest, no agenda, but you lead with like a transparency and an honesty. Yeah. It requires like a ton of strength and courage. It's actually like really brave leadership. And... And to do that without any agenda, Hmm. not to sell anyone a product, not to sell anyone on approval of yourself, uh, but just to say, hey, like I'm here. Yeah. This is who I am. This is where I'm coming from. Right. This is what I'm struggling with. And I'm just saying that so that you don't feel alone. And I think this is, this is something I've always had a hard time with. I've always gravitated towards vulnerable people. And I've always had a hard time with like the myth behind the man not being vulnerable. Like, about men, yes. It's like a weakness to be vulnerable if you're a man, where you have to be like, nope, just be a man, man up, stuff it down. Like, you can take it, just show up, do your man stuff, eat meat, <laughs> hammer nails into wood, be a man and shut up. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like men should lead in being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know, like, not that there has to be a scale of man versus women vulnerability. But um, where, I guess, looking at, like, what's the goal of being vulnerable? I think it's for connection. Like, I I feel like I'm always the first one in the room to be like, oh, you're sharing something heartfelt. Talk more. I'll Mm -hmm. talk to you. Like, because, like, what is life about? Like... Let's walk through the hard stuff and talk about it, you right. know? Um, it there, is so endearing. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a quote um, that I wrote down here. that It says, sometimes you have to drop your guard so your heart can breathe. Mm. Where I feel like anytime someone's being vulnerable, it's like, I think the goal is to, to connect with other people. And like, it's not where I'm just sharing so that I feel good, but it's that... You're sharing with someone else and it's that connection between you feel like you're actually helping by being vulnerable, you know, where it's there's like a reciprocation there. Yeah. It's scary. It is very scary because you don't know if anyone else is going to like also share with you and then you just leave feeling like, oh, I just (laughs) spilled my heart out and um, I don't think they enjoyed that, you know. Yeah. So... I know, but like that is like the power of like me too, right? Mm-hmm. I know when we think about that, we think of like the me too movement, but yeah. and that's part of it. But I sure. mean, just in general, like the phrase, oh, me too. Yeah. You know, I just. Yeah, when ha- someone says me too, like how much that means to you. Yes. Well, yeah. and to them. Right. Like you're the one talking, you're the one sharing, and they're like, oh, me too. Mm. Like to be the one saying me too yeah. is like. First of all, that requires some vulnerability because someone else is putting out all their garbage. And I don't mean inappropriate oversharing. I mean yeah. like someone has said, hey, this is what I'm struggling with or this is what my life has looked like or this is what I'm processing or I'm trying to overcome here. And then someone's like, yeah, like, no, me too. And I know we talked about this, about the domino, like that quote about I've shared before here about – um I used it in regards to like stepping down from church and mm. being like a social justice, racial justice advocate. Um, it's lovey, 
I want to say Ajaya Jones. Mm-hmm. It says, if you are not the truth teller in the room, you can at least be the backup for them. If you aren't going to be the first domino, be the second. Mm. I know I've yeah. said that before yeah. on here, but, but it's good. It is. And it's like when somebody says, hey, here's who I am, here's what I'm struggling with, or here's what I've kept secret all my life, or mm. here's what I've carried with me. And then the other person goes, oh, me too. It's like you're a second domino kind of. That's yeah. a bad to the bone thing to be mm. is someone who's willing to show up and say, I hear you, I honor you, and I'm willing to like kind of like rise up in myself and share this thing and say, yeah, I hear right. that. I, me too. Yeah, because there is that possibility of like the denial of mm-hmm. who you are if you're like, oh, like that's you? Oh, that, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know? I'll pray so for it's you. scary. Oh. <laughs> the killer of all vulnerability. Shoot. Yeah. Mm. Prayer. <laughs> Not real. No. Authentic prayer, but. Yeah. And also, I mean, there is like, we're not condoning to like, you're married to be at work and like being super vulnerable with like another opposite sex. No, that's another or anyone that's a, that's a inappropriate oversharing. Yeah. Right. Outside of, yeah, that there's like a reckless, I'm not talking, I'm talking about radical vulnerability, not a reckless oversharing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so there's like a practical thing of, I think there's a big correlation. I know earlier we were talking about like social media stuff where what's in your feed correlates big time with your mood, your positivity, like just your outlook throughout the day, what you care about. And um, even for like the, sometimes there's a vulnerable accounts, whether it's just like a company or a person that is like, are those ones that if you look through your feed and every time you see that name, like what does it make you feel? Mm. Do you sometimes just super like go past it like you know scroll past it and not even look because you're like mm. I can't take that today. Okay, yeah. Um or is it what's what's in your account that's giving you joy? The th- the things I would say that feed me my hands down um black liturgy bl- uh, like the black black liturgist? Yeah. Um Is it the liturgist? The liturgist. Let me make I want to confirm. Yeah. yeah, it's black liturgies. Um, it's Cole Arthur Riley. Mm-hmm. She's a writer and a creator. And it's like these, it's basically just spiritual words. Her tagline is Spir- black spiritual words live in dignity, lament, rage, and liberation. Ooh, hers, it's so good. And it's like, I'm going to give an example. She yeah. does these breath prayers. That's great. So here's what she said today. There's like four slides. It said... It's okay to distance yourself from spiritual spaces that are more concerned with what doctrine you believe than protecting you. Hmm. It's okay to find a place to exhale. Oh, man, that gives me life. That's great. And then she does these breath prayers. So the inhale is, I can search for my belonging. Exhale, God, keep me near as I wander. Mm. I love that. Inhale, I am done holding this breath. Exhale, I deserve to exhale. Inhale, I don't know what I believe. Exhale, but I know it'll sound like dignity. That's great. Oh, so good. In a, in a time when 
human dignity is especially black dignity is yeah. not being protected. I love that so much. So I, I read that and it's not for me. It's not written for me. It's for, it is written for people of color in this time. Uh, but man, I like s- snatch up the crumbs <laughs> that fall. I'm like, I'll take some. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's super encouraging to me. Mm. So that is the kind of thing that I'm like getting so much nice. life from. Um, so yeah, that maybe that's a good takeaway for people, a challenge to think what is giving you, what is like feeding you? What is making you say, oh, me too. Mm -hmm. What's bringing you dignity? What's bringing you joy? What's encouraging you? What do you love watching people do and get excited about? And then what is like sucking that out of you? And true vulnerability makes you say me too. Yeah. And then... Self-indulgence makes you be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, should be your litmus. That is a good litmus test. Is it saying test. me too? Or are you going, okay. Yeah. I feel like those litmus tests were fun to do back in like middle yeah, school. Yeah, basic, acidic. Yeah, some yeah. of them were like catching on fire and stuff. Oh, we did different litmus tests. <laughs> are you sure you were supposed to be setting them on fire? I don't remember that. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, listen, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Yes. And thank you for listening in. We would love to hear what is giving you life mm. and what is challenging you. What makes you say me too? Yes. I get it. That's good. Okay. <laughs> all right. Hey, we'll see you next week. Sounds great. Okay. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. bye. bye.